But now I am delighted to have a conversation, a chat, with former Los Angeles Lakers player, world champion Lamar Odom, about his near-death experience, which led to the creation of the Odom Recovery Group, dedicated to substance abuse treatment and wellness programs. Lamar Odom, how are you today, sir? What's up, broski? How you doing? Man, I'm doing the best I can. If I complained, I'd be I'd be an ingrate. You doing okay, man? Yeah, I'm doing beautiful. Good, good. Glad, glad to have you on. Let, let me start with this. Um, I was thinking about our conversation last night, Lamar, and I think it's fair to say that the world knows Lamar Odom as a two-time NBA world champion who uh, rocketed to uncharted heights <coughs> of fame thanks to being a member of that storied Lakers franchise uh, and also uh, part of that ubiquitous Kardashian empire. Let me just ask you. I've never asked you this question before. Who do you say? That's what we say. But who do you say Lamar Odom really is? Oh, I'm just a um, a humble um, man from from Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. Really, that's where I you know where I start from. Yeah. Um, grandma started me in church, and I'm a man of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, that's who I am. That's who I am first. Mm-hmm. Jesus' son. Yeah. Nope. I received yeah. that. I received that. Tell t- tell me more since you went there. Tell me more about your grandmother. Oh, my grandmother was everything to me. My grandmother raised me after my mother had um, passed away from colon cancer when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my grandmother was, um, I guess, what she was born in 1923, mm-hmm. and I was born in 1979. So, I mean, you do the math, so, you know, I guess that's 53 or 52 years. Yeah. Um, so my mother happened to be 52 years older than me. So there's a lot of wisdom that I received from her. My grandmother was a nurse. She um, went back to get her college um, education at the age of 50 years old. Wow. So education was always um, important to her. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I'm thinking about, you know, going back to school, as I did in that one reality show I did. I um, went, went back to school at TSU, right. um, Texas Southern. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to go back um, to go back to school and study psychology and business. Yeah. As, as long as, it, as as long as it ain't night school with Kevin Hart and, and Tiffany Haddish, will be okay. You don't want you don't go back to school <laughs> <laughs> in, in that situation. Uh, let, let me just yeah. ask. Let me just ask though. Um, and if, if I'm if I'm pressing too hard, uh, tell me. And I'll, I'll back up. But I'm glad your grandmother was there, and you ain't the only black man to be raised by his grandmother. My grandmother lived with us. Uh, we called her Big Mama. So I, I know what, what that's in part like. Um, yeah. But what's it like for a young black boy, a 12 year old boy? To lose his mother. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, shit. Excuse my language, but it was, it was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it was confusing. Um, and I, you know, w- w- without um, the guidance of her and, and my family, who who knows what I would have been in, in that that damn basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the basketball was um, was my was my focus. Um, after that, even though I kind of always knew since 10 years old that I would, you know, have my name called by David Stern and even win the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what what did having basketball as an outlet do for you uh, in those early stages of your life? Well, I, um, just sports in, in, in general mm-hmm. um, gave me a, um, uh, I guess, like a guideline. Yeah. Um, you know, towards life, you know, play fair, play hard, win the game. Yeah. Um, and like, that's kind of like how it is in life. Yeah. You know, you play fair, you play hard, you treat people with respect, you know, say sorry. If you did something wrong, pardon me. 
is the word where was used in my part mm-hmm. um, so often. And, um, and be fair to people, you know, keep God first, and, and things will work out right for you. Yeah. No, that's why I love sports. Sports in so many ways uh, uh, is a metaphor for life. Uh, and yeah. when you talk to people who've played sports, they understand that. They get that. There's so many lessons that come from being an athlete that are, that are applicable to everyday life. And uh, I'm not surprised to hear, hear you say that. Lamar put a memoir out called Darkness to Light uh, back in 2019. It was an instant New York Times bestseller, once again, called Darkness to Light. His memoir came out a few years ago and made the bestseller list uh, right away. When we come forward in our conversation with him, we're going to talk today in the, in the minutes that we have left with him about his near-death experience, which led to the creation of the Oldham Recovery Group uh, dedicated to substance abuse treatment and wellness programs. We'll get his take on uh, how he made it through uh, that dark night uh, and what he's doing now uh, on behalf of others. Lamar Odom is our guest right now on Tavis Smiley. What's your quarrel with the world? You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Our guest is Lamar Odom on Tavis Smiley. I'm delighted to have him in conversation for these uh, next 15 minutes or so. Um, Lamar, I've had the honor, uh, the pleasure, um, of talking to a number of folk over the course of my career, of course, who had near death experiences and to a person, every one of them who saw their life flash in front of them, I believe ended up living better lives. Um, when you, when you come that close to death, it, it, it makes you wake up every day with a different appreciation for the gift of life. Um, and so I suspect that what we're about to hear from you is no different than what I've heard from others, but tell me about, um, this near death experience and, and what for you came from it. Oh, uh, wow! But but um, Oldham recovery. Wow. Um, well, yeah, it was, it was, it was night. I was, I was, it was um, went out to party one night after I was uh, just signing divorce papers. Well, with my wife and uh, I was I was mad because I didn't have any cocaine to take to the um, to the brothel that I was going to. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, I didn't have any cocaine to take to the brothel, and I go, kind of pick out the girls, um, even was uh, even put down seventy five thousand dollars to kind of like keep it on the low. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, sit a drink down, and I wake up, you know, three days later. And of course, you know, it's everywhere that I've almost OD'd and um uh and this and this brothel. Uh it was really confusing to me because you know when I woke up, um perhaps I couldn't I couldn't walk or talk. Mm-hmm. You know, so it took some time for me to um to 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 get that together, to get that back. And um it was I was hurt. Still am still am hurt mm-hmm. um, to this day about this situation. Um, you know, like why would somebody, you know, do that to me? Yeah. Um, like I like I told you, I didn't have any cocaine to take to the damn brothel that night. Um, but the hurt um, is the reason why, you know, I, I kind of started Odom Recovery. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, you know, it's been more it's been more ODs in the last five years than um, than deaths in World War One, World War Two, and Vietnam combined. Mm. 
you know, so I just got to try, try to use my platform to bring awareness to it and at the same time um, help others that can't help themselves at this time. Yeah. When you say um, you asked, uh, not at all rhetorically, you, you posed that question, why would somebody do that to me? Um, what, what, what in fact was done to you? I mean, obviously I was, I was poisoned. Yeah. You know, um, you know, to, to try to make light of the situation, um, I always tell myself, you know, I, I want to know what was it because it was some good yeah. stuff to, get, <laughs> to knock me down for, for three days and and um, to put me in a coma and to have me, um, you know, I suffered um, twelve strokes and, and six heart attacks. Mm. When I was, so I'm kind, I'm kind of like a um, a walking miracle. Yeah. Um, all, all of my doctors say oh, I walk a miracle, so I'm just going to try to just perform miracles on these people and um, try to heal them. Yeah. 12 strokes, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I got choked up trying to say it. 12 strokes, six heart attacks. I repeat, 12 strokes, six heart attacks. Why do you think you're still here? Why do you think the Lord allowed you to survive that, Lamar I guess it's got to be to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, I, no other reason. Um, you know, maybe bring these young black men to the Lord um, in that, in the same time, in the same breath. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. But, you know, if, if that's not finding purpose, then I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. How, how have you na- how have how have you navigated again? I don't, if I'm getting too personal, you know, slap me. Well, don't slap me. Just tell me. And I'll, I'll back up. Yeah. But, but 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 how 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 have you um, navigated the emotional pain that sort of puts you in that place in the in in the first place? Um, the Lord. Yeah. yeah. You know, the Lord. I, I, I definitely um, grew closer to God um, as we speak. Um, with my children, um, you know, um, um, just doing everything to kind of um, research and and, and and bring some um, fundamental victim, some fundamental father son relationships to our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just try to be there, be present, since I'm not high anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm present every day. I know yeah. what's going on. I make better decisions. Um, you know, I'm here yeah. trying to make a difference. When, when you survive something like this, Lamar, I wonder, speaking of your boys and your children, whether or not this makes you, how might I put this, uh, are you not an overprotective father? I mean, it's one thing you, you want to pass these lessons on to your kids, but but uh, yeah. are, are, you, are, you, are you overprotective now, given what you went through? Well, my kids are, are 25 and... Um, and 22. Yeah. And, and and the most that I can do is hit them. Let yeah. them know, you know, where they come from, that um, addiction is genetic. You know, the, you know, the one time that you, you know, take a puff or take a snort, you might not be able to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and just hit them. You know, just, just, just be truthful as possible. Yeah. Be honest as possible. You know, be transparent. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you to tell me about the Odom Recovery Group. Uh, again, as I said earlier, people who survive these near-death experiences wake up, uh, as Lamar did, days later, couldn't walk, couldn't talk. And when he finally got himself together, 
Uh, he has committed himself to trying to help others, and that's not uncommon when you survive something like this. Uh, if if your mind is even halfway right, you want to spend the rest of your life trying to help other people avoid what you endured. It's true of those who I've talked to folk who try to commit suicide. Uh, and uh, thankfully they were unsuccessful in their effort, but they spend the rest of their lives trying to help others who are navigating uh, similar experiences. And, and um, so Lamar is no different in that regard. Um, so I want to ask you to tell you about the Odom Recovery Group, and I also want to talk about, speak up, we mentioned your grandmother earlier. Um, you recently yeah. opened a long-term assisted living facility for seniors. It's called Odom Senior Care, so you're helping everybody. you got the Odom Recovery yeah. Group. you got you got Odom Senior Care. Tell me about them one yeah. at a time, uh, uh, Lamar. Tell me about them one at a time. Well, Odom, Odom um, Senior Care came about because um, um, my grandmother, who was my, my father's mother, mm-hmm. So my grandmother, my first grandmother I was telling you about is my mother's mother. Right. But my my father's grandmother, this woman's been through a lot, mm-hmm. and um, you know, her husband was killed by his girlfriend, and all her sons, you know, died addicts, mm. and uh, which were four, which were three of them, four, well, three of them died addicts, mm-hmm. and she's been living in the same apartment building for 70 years. Mm. So it just came to me like, it just came to me like, you know, I was like, I wonder how many elderly people are in, you know, a position, um, you know, like my grandma, but but not comfortable. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Because elderly, elderly people, we shouldn't throw away our elderly. They're, they're, they're everything. Yeah. So it's, that's where, where I get our wisdom from. Where, we get our swag from everything, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how that came about. And then the older recovery, like you said, you know, you, you talked about it on why it's so dear to my heart. You know, I almost lost my life. Um, you know, due to someone taking advantage of them knowing that I was a drug addict. Yeah. And you know, um, so you know, you know, like twelve strokes and six heart attacks. Yeah, man. You can't find you can't find your purpose in that thing. I don't think you get it. No, yeah, something's wrong with you if you can't find a purpose after that. Let, let me ask yeah. you when 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 you when you say that you are clean now and 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 you are and you're doing you're doing great work. Do you? I want to phrase this the right way. Do you wake up not with fear and maybe not even trepidation, um, but everybody who's been through what you've been through, I think, always has in the back of their mind that they don't want to get caught at the wrong time in the wrong place and relapse, for lack of a better word. Do you have those concerns? Um, not really. Yeah. Um, I like to gamble, and I'm a, I'm a, so I'm a risk taker. Right. You know what I mean? But what I do is I know how to minimize my risk. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to hang around dudes that they want to party mm-hmm. after the party. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to hang around people that don't get high. Right. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to talk to the Lord. I'm going to keep him close to me first and foremost. Yeah. I'm lean on my kids who are my best friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to keep this stuff tight. No. I th- I think every time I <laughs> you were talking, I thought about Uncle Charlie, Charlie Wilson. I think about Charlie all the time. I love Charlie. We've known each other for years. 
And I tease Charlie all the time because Charlie, after going through all that he went through, I mean, he he gives his testimony and his story better than anybody. If you've ever seen Charlie Wilson in concert, you know what I'm talking about. He tells this story in every concert. You will never, ever see Charlie Wilson in concert where he would not take a praise break at some point. Aretha Franklin did the same thing, but for different reasons. Yeah. Charlie Wilson has a praise break in every single show because he's so mm-hmm. grateful that he that God didn't take his life when he was out there on and, and, and addicted to, to drugs. But Charlie did something. Yeah. Charlie did something. I tease you about to this day, Lamar. Charlie married his counselor. That's what Charlie did. He, but you know, you know what, though, you see, you, see a, you see a lot of that in in this community, right? Like a a lot of the rehab um, that I visit and talk to to give my testimony, right? Um, you see a lot of relationships start yeah. in the rehab. A lot of the owners are. You know, used to be drug addicts. And, right. You know, they of course they have girlfriends and wives and such and such, and they keep a real close, close, close knit family. So I can see that happening a lot. I'm not surprised at all. No, no. I, every every time, every, if you ever, if you ever are fortunate enough to, you know, get, to, to get to meet Charlie Wilson and know Charlie Wilson, particularly if you go backstage after a concert. I, I saw this years ago, and she's still there, and it never changes. You can't get Charlie Wilson alone in his dressing room. His wife does right. not. She don't let it happen. You can't, you can't do it. She watches him. She protects him like a hawk uh, because she knows there are folk out there who would love nothing more than to get Charlie back into that into that space again. And so they, they, they have a protocol. They got a protocol. When you go backstage and see Charlie Wilson in his dressing room after a show, they got a protocol for how you get in or if you get in. But you got to be you got to be checked, double-checked, and triple-checked. They got to know who you are. She's got to know who you are. You got to be on the list. You just can't roll up in Charlie Wilson's dressing room. And he's been clean for, 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 for a couple decades now, I think. But uh, but she still uh, knows that the dangers are there. And so I'm, I'm glad to know that you're keeping the right company. Uh, and not being tempted by those relapses, yeah. It takes a village to raise a child, right? There you go. There you go. I feel you. I feel you. Um, I got two minutes. I got two minutes left, and and you know we can't talk to Lamar Odom without talking a little basketball because everybody loves you uh, for those championships. Uh, we literally just celebrated on this program, and for that matter, around the world, we celebrated what would have been Kobe's forty fifth birthday. Believe it or not, when you think of those years, you think of those championships, you think of Kobe Bryant. Uh, what what do you think, Lamar Odom? Oh man, I think about um, greatness. I think about watching somebody put in um, the effort to reach greatness, and you can only idolize, you can only you just can't do nothing but idolize that. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's one of my idols and one of my idols forever. The mama mentality is something that I live by. Yeah, forever. Hopefully, to pass down to my kids and grandkids, and you know, it's just something that. You know, he stood by just to live your best life every day. So that's what kind of keeps me sober. No, that, right ma- that Mamba mentality, Kobe always spoke of. I'm glad to know that you're living by that. But let me just say, though, uh, and, and Laker fans in this in this city where I sit in Los Angeles and around the world will acknowledge the same. Kobe was a bad man, no question about it. But if, he did, if, but if, if there was no wingman named Lamar Odom, that might not have happened in those two years, Lamar. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I got my two rings on right now. I'm about to take a there you go. I love it. I, I, I'm visualizing the two rings on your finger right now. Um, so congrats yeah. once again on those world championships. That is, um, that's something that folk can never ever take away from you. And I'm so honored uh, and delighted to know that you are busy helping other people with the Odom Recovery Group and, for that matter, the Odom Senior Care. Uh, Lamar, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the show to talk to us. Uh, uh, all the best to you, my friend. 
Appreciate you more. All right, stay strong, brother. Lamar Odom of the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, again, with this Odom Recovery Group and um, uh, Odom uh, Senior Care. Uh, as he said, you have 12 strokes and six heart attacks. If you can't find your purpose in that, uh, then heaven help you.